Well, welcome everybody. And thanks again for listening into our service today. It really is so good to have you with us. And we truly pray that you will have an encounter with the goodness and love of your Heavenly Father as you connect with us now. Today, I'm really excited because we're beginning a brand new preaching series that we're calling Living on a Prayer. Now, as soon as I said that title, some of you couldn't help yourselves, could you? I could hear, whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa, living on a prayer. Now, I know they're probably the only lines in that song that most of us can remember, or at least some of us of a certain age, but they'll be buzzing around your head now for the rest of the day. And of course, sorry to those of you who have no idea at this point what I'm talking about, but it's also the title of a classic song by the rock band Bon Jovi. And just to give you a flavour of what Bon Jovi could have looked like, we thought we would show you this. Okay, probably best if we move on very quickly, the series. Well, we pray that this will be more than just a teaching series on prayer. I genuinely believe that this is a timely invitation from our Father in heaven to unlock the power of prayer in our lives. It's a personal invite to go deeper than we've ever gone before in relationship with him. And it's a call to us, his church, all nations, to shape with him the outworking of his promises and plans in the lives of people and nations. It sounds great, doesn't it? And you know what it is? We all know that prayer is so powerful. It's so important and we need to be a people who pray. But I also know that prayer for many of us, as well as bringing great moments of joy and breakthrough, can also be a source of great guilt, inadequacy, and even failure. I've been on the highs of prayer, bringing planes into land that were not meant to stop at an airport, but became God's means of getting us home from a foreign nation. I've seen money that has been desperately needed come into place in the exact amount, literally on the hour it was due. I've also seen prayer release God's healing into sick bodies in an instant. But I've also prayed for friends who I loved and they've not been healed in the way that I wanted. Marriages that have got into trouble, not turned around and restored as I've desperately prayed. I've made great plans to get up early to pray only for the attraction of an extra 10 minutes in bed to keep me from getting up and, of course, smothering my great intentions with the warm duvet attaching me to my mattress. I've missed prayer meetings, I'm sad to say, to watch football matches. I've found TV more inviting than a chat with my Heavenly Father. And I guess I'm not the only one who's been there. And if I am, I'm really sorry you need to help me. And maybe you should be sitting here doing this teaching right now. So 
I just want to start by acknowledging all of this, that prayer has so many dimensions and we've probably got many experiences, but we want to declare that this is a grace-saturated series. It's not just about pray more. It's not about religious duty or about guilt inducing a better performance. We declare right now the intention of the Holy Spirit to make this a source of joy, nourishment, power, and peace to all of us. By the way, that doesn't mean it will be comfortable and not challenging, but we declare it will do us good and help shape and direct us as individuals and as a church in a new way. And that's why we're also doing this in conjunction with the prayer course, which we're asking all of us at All Nations to do, along with any of you, of course, watching with us right now. And it really is not too late to join in as we allow the Holy Spirit to work a prayer revolution in our lives. So how are we going to do it? Well, we're going to be inspired, first of all, by the one who was the greatest prayer of them all, Jesus Christ. And we're going to be inspired by the prayer that he taught his first disciples to pray in response to their request of him, teach us to pray. Ginny is going to read about that in a moment. But, you know, the Lord's Prayer is really the prayer he gave to us to grow us in our walk with him. And we're going to use each line of it to help us go and grow deeper in prayer. And we're going to learn about things like adoration and petition and intercession. We're going to talk and address the sense of unanswered prayer. Of things like contemplation and listening of confession and reconciliation. Spiritual warfare, because prayer is a battle. And so much more. We're also going to use this book, How to Pray by Pete Gregg, as a helpful commentary and resource to us. It's the book behind the prayer course and will serve us well as we journey together. And of course, the Bible is always going to be our manual for life and godliness alongside this. So, Ginny is now going to read a couple of Bible passages to us, firstly from Luke chapter 11, 1 to 4, and then some words from Matthew chapter 6 using the message translation. Then we'll get started. Ginny. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame. Do you think God sits in a box seat? 
Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Thanks, Ginny. Just for a few moments, I want to start us on the journey of asking Jesus to teach us to pray. So, Lord, please teach us to pray. Amen. Pete Gregg, in his book, How to Pray, gives some of the best advice on how to start out on the journey of prayer. Firstly, keep it simple. Secondly, keep it real. Thirdly, keep it up or keep it going. So let's look at that first point. Keep it simple. I so love what Ginny just read to us from the message translation of Matthew 6. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. If prayer is to be the most natural thing, it has to be the simplest of things. We don't need to become spiritual ninjas. We don't have to be manic or intense, whipping ourselves up into a spiritual frenzy. We just need to put ourselves in a place where we can talk with our Heavenly Father. Yeah, it's as simple as that. There are very few rules for followers of Jesus when it comes to prayer. We can pray in the shower, one of my favourite places, or driving in our cars taking a walk or sitting in the toilet. We don't have to close our eyes or adopt a pose or posture. We don't have to dress in a certain way or for that matter, even be dressed. Unless, of course, we're coming to a prayer meeting and then it's good advice. We don't even need fixed forms of words to be heard by our Heavenly Father. Although sometimes these things can be very helpful to us as we do. The truth is that God's presence is freely available to us all the time and that he as our heavenly father is always pleased to see us, whatever we've done and wherever we are. He always wants to hear us and welcome us. Just listen to this. He's more eager for us to come to him and talk than we will ever be in return. So the first thing I want to say about keeping it simple is this. Make a decision to turn up. 
Just start on the journey. Turn up before the Lord right where you are. I love the way the writer Elizabeth Gilbert begins that first conversation in prayer in her book, Eat, Pray, Love. This is what she says. Hello, God. How are you? I'm Liz. It's nice to meet you. I've always been a big fan of your work. I haven't ever spoken to you directly before. Can you help me, please? I'm in desperate need of help. I don't know what to do. Isn't that wonderful? I love how normal and simple that is. Now, of course, that's not a formula, but it's just natural. Just say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be there, wherever there is. And I'm going to begin that daily chat with my Heavenly Father. Many of us have had that feeling that praying or perhaps attending a prayer meeting in person or even online as we're having to do at the moment is the last thing we would want to do. You know, I've been there. You would rather clean out the drains, tidy the cupboard under the sink, or find the job that you've put off for decades to do in that moment rather than pray. Yet, you stir yourself. I suppose I'd better go. I am the pastor after all. And as you do, and as you stay with it, the Lord meets you where you are. And suddenly you're lifted, you're stirred, you're changed, you're encouraged, you're strengthened and you're helped. Do you know what I so love about prayer is that sometimes it's not even saying a word. It's just sitting and leaning into your heavenly father. One of the things I've so missed over these last months is essentially visits by our grandson, Micah. But one of the things that he would love doing back last year was coming and literally just plonking himself on my lap. He wasn't asking for anything. He just wanted to loll against me. And sometimes we'd watch TV together. Sometimes it'd be a little book, but he would just put his head against my chest and he'd just lie back. And that was all he wanted. I so miss that. Reminded me of my two children many years ago now, how they just used to love coming and sitting and lolling and leaning against me and Ginny. And that's kind of what prayer can be. There have been times during this lockdown where I'll be honest with you, I, I just, I haven't known what to say. I haven't felt energized to say anything. And I've just, I guess, lent into my heavenly father, not saying a word. That's prayer. So make a decision to turn up. Secondly, keeping it simple is often about finding a place and a time. God lives in people but his presence can be found in many places. Find a place that works 
for you. Find a time that fits where you are presently. It might be a special chair in the morning, a room in your house, a shed if you've got one in your garden. It might be the drive home from work in the evening. It might be a walk in the park in the afternoon. It just needs to be a place where you can meet with God. One of the things I've enjoyed doing over recent years is getting to know a little bit more about Celtic Christianity. No, I, I, I haven't become a monk, even though I've got the hairstyle and the beard. I understand that. But the Celtic Christians used to talk about thin places, places where the barriers and obstacles of this world are stripped away and the inpouring presence of the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God break in. Do you know what? God has given us many thin places if we'll open our eyes to see and take the time, as the Bible says, to be still and know that he is God. There are no set times or places, but all can become holy and sacred when we set them apart for him. Some of you might be saying right now, but you don't know how busy I am, Richard. It's all right for you. You're a pastor. You've got to study. You've got a place where you can sit. The chaos of lockdown with work and children and homeschooling. Man, you want to try and live that for a few days. I don't have the time that you have. Let me tell you about a lady called Susanna. She was a busy mum with 10 children. And by the way, she'd lost another nine in childbirth. She had a husband who really wasn't much help at all. And despite being a vicar, caused more trouble than you could imagine. They weren't rich. They had limited space. But Susanna was determined to bring her children up in the ways of the Lord and live a godly and fruitful life for Jesus. To do this, she knew she needed to pray every day. But how in the chaotic household that was her world? So this is what she did. At set times throughout the day, she would sit at the kitchen table and pull her apron over her head. And soon the children learnt that that was mum finding peace and solace with her heavenly father in prayer. And they shouldn't disturb her because she was praying. And let me tell you, those prayers were powerful. She ran a mighty Sunday school in the village where they lived. Hundreds of children would come. And of course, two of her sons, John and Charles, grew to be mighty men of God, whom God used to ignite a revival in our land in the 18th century. She was Susanna Wesley. Through finding her place and time in prayer, even by pulling an apron over her head, God impacted nations. Find your place. Find your time. Pull your apron over your head. Secondly, keep it real. Prayer is God's invitation to come as we are and bring it all as it is. It's a place for us to be 
utterly honest and real before him. In those moments with the apron over our head, we get the privilege of pouring out our soul. So many of the heroes of faith in the Bible poured out the depths of their feelings to God in prayer. And do you know what? They're not polite. Sometimes I read passages and think, how did that stay in the Bible? It's kind of offensive. You read their words and think, how on earth did they get away with that? Well, it's because God wants us to be honest and real. Jeremiah, one of the prophets who I guess knew his fair shares of woes, says in one of his laments, or, or maybe is it really a rant? He says this in Jeremiah 20, verse 7. You deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I'm ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Wow, that's very real. So many of the Psalms reflect the deep feelings and pain and rejection the psalmists feel. And you know, even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane pours out his anguish to his father, sweating drops of blood in the agony of his soul that he's enduring, but he just pours it out. And so be real. Don't pretend, don't role play, don't try and put on a spiritual act. Now, more than ever in this kind of crazy world that we're living in, we need to share the feelings and anxieties that we all wrestle with. Do you know what? There's a, there's, there's a, there's a torrent of mental health issues that are out there. And one of the ways I feel we get to deal with some of that, certainly for us personally, is to be real and open and talk. We can do that with our Heavenly Father. Don't hide. Actually, you can't anyway. I've been struck by those verse, verses in 1 Peter 5, but particularly in verse 7, where it says, cast all your anxiety on him. This is an invitation for us to pour it out. And you know what? It's the safest place for us to do this. But the other part of that verse is also helpful in reminding us of something we need. We need him also to be real with us. If we're going to be real with him, we need him also to be real with us back. Or to complete the verse, to let him care for us. Cast all your anxiety on him, for he cares for us. And that may mean that his care for us is about bringing truth into the lies that we're living and believing in our feelings and outpourings. Sometimes our feelings may be real, but they may not be true. Be real with him, but then let him be real with you and flood you with his truth and power. Come and bring it all, but then let him come and bring his all into you. And then finally, keep it up. Keep going. Keep turning up. Keep taking a step every day in this journey of prayer. You know, to do that, we all need to establish patterns and rhythms that will keep us strong. Sometimes that's very difficult because our week's so kind of all over the place. And actually, any pattern and rhythm that we have, we're not locked in by it. They're not rigid, but they give us a framework for keeping on, keeping on in prayer. I also know we need to understand that the Lord himself 
has promised us his presence to keep us going. He's praying for us. He's there with us. He's he's cheering us on. He's pulling us along. He's picking us up. One of the things that we can do to keep on keeping on is to share this journey with others. That's why we are put in a family, even in a church. And I want to encourage us to take these moments to stir one another on and encourage each other in this journey of prayer. I don't know whether you've ever done running, but sometimes it's easier to run with somebody else. Find your rhythm that will help turn a healthy daily discipline into a holy lifetime habit. You know, there's loads of grace. We're going to mess this up. I, I want to share with you. I just I want to finish. I just want to share with you. And I, and, I, and I share this with you, not out of any sense of pride or any sense of I've got this sorted. I feel such a beginner sometimes. I feel as though I've got my L plates on big and large in this whole area of prayer. I seem to make progress and then slip back. And I, and I, and I know I need to keep going with this. But I just want to share where I am. And this is my pattern. So a typical day, and I'll share bits of it. First thing, wake up. I am grateful that I've got another day. And so I will sleepily say, thank you, Lord, that I'm alive. And I will say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome now. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I've been doing this for years, but it's like the rhythm of my day starts with thank you and welcome. I'll then probably shower and get dressed and probably find my way into my study, into my chair, and I'll just sit for a few moments. And what I've found really helpful these last few years is to use what I call a centering prayer. Now, it sounds very technical, but what I do is I use the chorus from Tim Hughes's worship song, Light of the World. And the chorus is this, here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say, that you're my God. And I just start saying that. I'm just bringing myself, I'm placing myself before him. And then I'll read a short passage from the Bible. I've been using at the moment these notes by Scripture Union, Encounter with God. I'm just going through uh, at the moment, I'm going through, funnily enough, (laughs) Exodus again. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? And I'll just read a passage and just take time just to think a little bit about it. Nothing profound. Sometimes when I can't be bothered to do that, and there are times when that doesn't work, I've been using this. I've been doing this for a few years. It's the Celtic Daily Prayer. And um, it's just so helpful because it's words that others have written. Sometimes I don't have any words. And it's helpful to have words that others have shared. And I'll use that. And then... I might just take a few moments to pray for people that I know are in special need, are on my mind, members of my family. It's not long. It's not profound. I just commit my day and commit them into God's care. Then I go into my day. And what I've tried to do is then to use mealtimes when I have some lunch or dinner or whatever. I'll say grace. I, I, I don't think it's old fashioned. I don't think it's out of line to to say thank you and just to be reminded again of the goodness of God. And and we always make tea time. 
a special time. Jenny and myself will just take a few moments to pray together. Not long because, you know, we've got tea on the table and whatever, but we'll pray, we'll remember different nations very briefly. And then finally, at the end of the day, I tell you, it's often very sleepily. Sometimes it doesn't always happen, but we'll just, in bed, just, just together, we'll just say, thank you, Lord, for the day. Thank you. Thank you. Come and take it all. Just fill us again, Lord. If we've offended you, we've grieved the spirit, we're so sorry, but just come now and let us sleep well. And that's it. Now, look, we share that. I share that because I hope it will be helpful. It doesn't happen like that every day. There are times when it doesn't work at all. But I've found I've connected with God and it helps. So are we up for starting this journey? Lord, teach us to pray. Come on, all nations, let's go on this journey together. Let's keep turning up. Let's keep being real and letting God be real to us. Let's keep keeping on praying and stirring each other on for the glory of God. And don't forget to pull the apron over your head. The Lord bless you. Amen.